That's incredible. Wow. So that was the way it's fit. That is yeah, insane. We rejected most of the kindergartners, but we said, <laughs> we'll work with you, and so you'll be ready in a few years. Oh, my gosh. That's so good. Um, one thing I did want to touch on is, you know, as a CEO, obviously, I mean, just from things you've said and uh, things uh, we can find online, you've obviously done a phenomenal job. Um, what are the, some of the things that you think are really attributed to your success? And I think one of those things you mentioned was the 10-10-40 rule that you were talking about. Could you talk a little bit more about that? So communication is a big thing in any organization. And, and the, the simpler you can make it, the better. One of the biggest errors that a lot of people have talked about is that, you know, the, the big error in communication is thinking it happened Um or thinking that you saying things at people is communication. Mm-hmm. That is not communication. And so it's the interaction that really matters. And so we we did a number of things. You know, we had a one-page strategic plan that said, here's where we're going. Here's how we're going to treat people. Here's our strategies. They're all outward-facing. Here's how we're going to serve the, the broader good to keep that mindset out there. We had that out there all the time, all the time. We had a code of conduct. Here's how we're going to behave. Everybody. Here's what the organization gives to you. Here's what you give to the organization. One page. So we tried to keep the communication simple and repeat it over and over and then tell stories. Here's how we're living that. Here's how we're living that. Here's how this person's living. Here's this fabulous physician or nurse or respiratory therapist. We had amazing staff from many parts. But one of my jobs as the CEO is to write things out so people would see it, um, Mm -hmm. uh, but have a personal presence. So I would go and have these open meetings in every part of the organization and say, here's what's going on in the world, 10 minutes of that. Here's 10 minutes of what's um, uh, going on at Gunderson. And so they would have a little understanding of, of healthcare in the world, Gunderson, and then 40 minutes of open question and answer. You ask me anything. You can ask me anything. And they would ask me all kinds of questions. Some were, you know, difficult and brilliant and I didn't know the answer and then that was an opportunity for me to show some humility just say yeah beats me I don't know I mean one one man from facilities asked a very insightful question about um, the Spanish banks were in trouble and and was very concerned that if if Spain's fiscal integrity fell that Italy's fiscal integrity would certainly fall and then how would that affect our retirement funds really and I said really I don't know. I don't have any idea. And our chief financial officer stood up and she said, you know, I don't know either, but I will get you an answer to that uh, right away. Thank you for the question. So it gave us a chance to follow up, to show humility, to feedback. Um, You know, others were meatier and biteier and uh, how come we're spending money or here or there? You know, is 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 the money, is the money for community things or the environmental issues or, or, the advanced care is that coming out of my salary or is it where's it coming out of well we're taking some out of savings and some out of here and some for grants and you know it it's an opportunity to teach how we're thinking about things and how we're moving forward um we we did we did those kinds of things we had a, a friday afternoon friday morning conference where people from all walks of the organization stood up and gave a short 10-minute presentation on things they had improved. Really? And the senior leaders were there. People from 30, 50, 70 departments were there. Wow. And, and, they would, and they would get to say, here's our problem. Maybe it was billing. Maybe it was 
diabetes management. Maybe it's something in HR. Here's our problem. Here's how we addressed it. Here's the tools we used. Here's our learnings. Here's our outcomes. And then it gave me a chance to say, this is fabulous work. Here's the key learnings from this. Thank you very much for doing that. So they go back enthused and will work nights. We, they'll, they'll be thinking about how to make it better. So it isn't me trying to figure out all these things. It is staff with all kinds of backgrounds, all kinds of training, figuring out how to make it better for the well-being of the patients in the community. Um, so it is, it is a summation. So communication contributes to that. Clarity in where we're going, purpose, mission, that um, affirmation by the board, the overarching board that says, yes, this is where we're going. This is why this is important. This is why we're backing this this approach. And so, and and, and then so you get clinicians willing to take some of their time away from the bedside to help lead on this, and administrators willing to work in an organization where they get no bonuses, um, and they have to work very hard. I speak in a lot of places, um, but often, you know, somebody will come up and say, oh, man, you're just the guy, read your book, you're just the guy I'd like to work for. And I said, yes, probably not. <laughs> I'm really hard to work for. I mean, I expect a ton. You volunteered to be a senior leader. I expect giant things from you. Um, uh, you, you have to lead. You have to be humble. You have to admit you make mistakes all these things, that's that's what it takes to be um, a, a great leader. If you don't mind stopping right there, you said volunteer to be a senior leader. What does that mean? Yeah, I always have to tell them, oh yeah, you're still going to get paid, but it turns out you, you asked to be a vice president. You asked to be a senior vice president, uh, a, a medical lead. No one forced you to do that. You can, you can do other things. But if you, if you choose to do that, um, then this, here's what's come with, with it. You know, you have to live by these values. You have to function in a certain way. You have to um, n not tolerate uh, things outside of what we've agreed to how we're going to live uh, because you tolerating it, it means you support it. Um, and that is just not okay. And so, so everybody didn't want to do that or didn't think that was the right way or they had so much experience now they weren't, uh, they 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 didn't need some old doctor telling them what to do, but but we found plenty of people willing to do that, um, from the front lines to, to the top of the organization, people that were willing, and it was so much more efficient for me. So if I have physician and administrative leads in the organization who had the same set of values, who had agreed to the same goals, I didn't they didn't have to run to me every time they. They had a question. They could just do it. I'm, I'm going to tell you a little quick story that I love to tell. Um, on a on a day when when um, most of us were gone, I was speaking somewhere, and the, the, somebody was on vacation. The senior people were gone, and a doctor came into the administrative area looking for his medical vice president, who, who wasn't there either. And uh, one of the young administrative vice presidents, newly minted but very energetic, believed in the values, uh, was there. And, and uh, Dr. Conway says, well, I'm looking for uh, my vice president. And, and, and this young man says, well, I, maybe I can help. 
says, no, you can't help. He says, no, no, I, I can help. I got skills. I said, no. So look, I've, I have this, he's a radiation oncologist. I have this man dying of cancer. I'm just trying to give him some palliative care. Um, and he, he wants to get married. He wants to get married. He said, yeah, I'd, I'd ask him, what do you want me to do? And he told me um, not what medicine he wanted. He told me what really mattered to him. Wow. So instead of what was the matter with him, what mattered to him, which is an important lesson when we go out in the community, we listen, we connect with people rather than what's the matter with them, what matters to them. And and he said, uh, yeah, I want to get married. His girlfriend is there. She says, yeah, we understand what's going to happen. He's going to die in three or five months. But, but we really want to get married. And when I asked him when, he said today would be good. Wow. So it's Friday afternoon. It's one o'clock. And young Brian Erdman says, hey, well, yeah, we can do that. He had no idea how to do it. He, he just promised we could do it. So he promised something he had no idea, but he knew, he knew, he trusted that we would have staff that would rally and do that. Talk to the head of chaplaincy who worked on the license and somebody had to go here and somebody had to go there and somebody had to drive to Whitehall to get a, get a, uh, um, a dress and somebody went there and the, oh, the bakery made cakes and somebody went to the to the gift shop and took all the flowers and I'm not sure we ever paid for them probably should have but um we they did all these things they put on them but they had videographers they had photos wow. nurses you know got took their breaks to make sure they could be there so there'd be an audience at the wedding it was you know a, a woman from CT sang a woman from the from the foundation played the piano it was a real wedding put on That's in about incredible. two and a half hours and he never called me. He never called his senior vice president boss. He didn't call anybody. They just did it. Nobody said, ooh, what's Jeff going to say about this? Or is this really okay? Or we've never done this. What do you think? They just did it. They just did it. Wow. Um, they did it because they knew the purpose and the values of the organization were consistent with how they're behaving. So they didn't. It, it wasn't like after it got done, they called them and said, hey, you're going to hear about this Monday. I hope you're not too upset. This kind of came up in co casual silence. Yeah, yeah, we had kind of ran around, had a wedding. It worked out good. It's good for the people. It was fabulous. It was fabulous for our staff as well as the people we served. And I think that's one of the fundamental points is that you develop an outward-facing organization or a team or a group. It, it doesn't have to be 7,000 people. It can be seven an outward facing that serves the greater good, they feel better about it, they rise up, and and we um, uh, ourselves feel great about uh, accomplishing something. And so you get this momentum in the organization, you get confidence in, in living those values, and then, and then the sky's the limit, and then you can do things as well as anybody. Wow, that's, that's incredible. Um, I think we've all heard the phrase, one step forward. And I, I think if you said, no, you know, I don't really think we could do that, I think that would have been okay. And I think for a lot of organizations, one step forward, be like, you know what, let's do it. And I think you went two steps forward and literally got the videographer and the bake the cakes and all in two and a half hours. And that is just incredible. I, I've never heard anything like it in real, all honesty. And I think that is so powerful. Uh, one of my last questions I wanted to ask is, um, what came about to you writing your book? Did you, uh, why did you decide to write a book, I should yeah. say? 
Well, I, 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 I made a decision, stepped down as CEO, and I had collected a lot of these stories. I had done some writing along the way. I published a lot of articles. I had done book chapters. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and, and now I was asked to come and speak at organizations and big events. And um, it just seemed... I talked to a number of people that had written books because, you know, I, I like to visit libraries and giant bookstores and you look around a bookstore, you know, in, uh, in, in, a, in a big city and you say, really, I have something that's going to add to this. There is a million books sitting in front of me. How, why do I think I can add to that? But in different places and different times, you have a different angle on it. And what I thought was, I will not add all my thoughts, all the thoughts of others. So there's stories in there of not just me. There's many other people there in the lacrosse area. The LHI's origin story is wow. in there with Don Weber and for in healthcare people, Epic, the woman that built uh, now the three, $4 billion Epic Corporation, the, one of the most widely used electronic health records in the world. Is, is in there, how she started at a person and a half, how she stayed focused, how she didn't get distracted, how she built it to serve um, the greater healthcare area and communities. <clears throat> so it's it's stories that they can learn from multiple people. So I, so I just said this would be a good venue to share those people's stories. Um, and everybody learns from different things. Different stories touch different people. So it's not just my story. It's stories of many different people that people can relate to. That's so good. Um, one of the biggest questions I always love to ask, um, what is your advice to young people? I mean, obviously you've hired them, yeah. you've fired them, you know what to look for. What would be your advice to someone in high school, maybe just starting college, maybe just finishing college? Yeah. Well, I think, um, you know, I love working with the young people and uh, the, the, um, the thing I would say to, to young people is that that um, there's no easy button, but it makes it a lot easier um, if you you accomplish you, you pay attention to what what needs to be accomplished to get to where you're going to go, and and you might not know where you're going, and that's okay. You, you don't have to be you know odd like me and know from the time you're in third grade. Um, that's okay because there's so many where areas where you can have an exciting, fun, very fulfilling career, serve the greater good. There's just many, many places. But but to not let up in your academics, understand that you know, parting the month of April may not be the most important thing for the rest of your life. Mm-hmm. Might feel good then, but actually coming up with good grades, learning something so you can get a good recommendation for your next step for the long term. So so try and think more than just the short term. Think a little more long term. Um, understand that there's strengths in multiple kinds of people. There's old people that can help mid-career, other young people that can help. There's people from different backgrounds. One of our great strengths was, I mean, one of my first hires was an HR person from Michigan, and the next was sorry, Jerry Train or Jerry Jerry Arndt from Train Company here in town. He's a manufacturing guy. I didn't know anything about healthcare. Really? Um, I didn't need him. I had a thousand nurses, five hundred doctors. He didn't need to know healthcare. But what he needed to know 
was how to improve systems and make us better in running our facilities and our patient care and all those things. He was a systems improvement guy. So diversity of backgrounds, diversity of education and training is a great strength. So, so, you know, broaden yourself in, in what you learn and languages and, and get input from people from that, that don't look just like you and didn't come from your background because that will strengthen you and it'll strengthen the teams that you're on. Absolutely. And one thing I do hear you say is your recommendation. And it's coming from someone that obviously has very high standards and has been in a very high position. What would it take to get your recommendation? What are you looking for? Um, well, I, I, I give out recommendations often. I, I give out recommendations to, you know, I one of my uh, ways to stay healthy is to play soccer. So I play started playing soccer when I, my kids needed a coach. And, and so I still play now and mostly with uh, young women and men much younger than I am. And they'll often say, hey, Doc, is there any way you can get me a recommendation to, you know, I'm going to work at a bank or at a hospital or, or something. And I'm happy to do it, but I can only recommend them from what I've seen and what I know. I can't, I don't know what their academic record is. I don't know this is what I can say. So, so what I look for is, um, is a character. And of course we've been spending a lot of time talking about it. So it's, it's, it's character that's going to win the day. Um, the vast majority of things we can teach people on the job so you hire for character, and it's far more efficient. If you hire for technical ability and then try and teach character, that is much more inefficient than the other way around. Mm-hmm. You hire for character, even if their technical abilities aren't quite there, and then you rise that up. Now, you know, some people's technical abilities are very critical. Maybe an information system person, maybe, maybe a, a clinician. I mean, if you have to evaluate them and if they, if you can't train them up, um, one of the key pieces of being a leader is the difference between holding people accountable and being responsible for their success. You can get a computer and a clipboard to hold people accountable. Mm-hmm. Um, to be responsible for their success is really a, a much greater leader. And so as you, as you, recommend and recruit people, you say, how, how can I build them? And, and then how will they build the people that they're responsible for and influence? So I look for character, discipline, um, a, a drive for excellence, a drive to serve something bigger than themselves. You find those people, then you can build a team and the collective wisdom will be better than any one superstar that you might find. The collective wisdom, the the, the group, uh, when John Wooden said, I'd already, he'd, he'd always rather have a, a team of players than uh, one player that thought he was the whole team. That's so good. Oh, I know Dave Twight said it. He was on the podcast, and Gerald Ballner's also been on there, but uh, I believe both of those gentlemen said you can't teach character, yeah, and I, I think that's really something you'd agree with. Um is there any leaving advice you'd love to leave with our listeners? Um, anything about your book? Anything about your life? Anything about Gunderson? Well, I think um, I think uh, potential is uh, something that people underestimate. They underestimate uh, 
uh, uh, I was at a, it was a big uh, conference uh, on environmental issues, and they said, Dr. Thompson, in the question and answer, what is what is the biggest waste you're, you've been thinking about lately in this country? And they're all thinking, I'm going to say, well, it's you know, plastics, it's CO2, it's blah, blah, blah. And I said, it's the hearts and minds of young girls of color. Really? Um, there's so much for us to do in this country. If you think of the amount of brilliance, energy, and creativity that is is being wasted because the schools aren't good enough, the healthcare is not good enough. Mm-hmm. There's insufficient food. Um, there's insufficient in insufficient pathways forward. <clears throat> there are many many opportunities across our country to get better. Mm-hmm. So my advice is uh, just don't tolerate it. Uh, Go out and do something about it, regardless of what your skills is. You don't have to be an intensive care pediatrician. Um, you don't have to be a CEO. There's ways to serve in for every single person in society to help make things better. That is so good. Well, Jeff, thank you so much for coming on the show and sharing all your insight over your incredible extensive career. And I'm sure I can speak for everyone when we say thank you so much for all of it. Oh, you're most welcome. It was uh, good fun. Thanks. Thank you. Thank you so much for listening to the podcast today. I hope it impacted your life just as much as mine did. Just want to let you know, we do have an Instagram called Lessons in the Trenches. Just how it said, Lessons in the Trenches on Instagram. If you want to go check that out, we got pictures of all our guests on there, some awesome photos, and we're doing a lot more on there soon. So please go check that out if you haven't already. And thank you so much for watching.